Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Work Alchemy podcast, conversations about impact, where entrepreneurs and leaders share how they have impact, the sweet moments, and the challenges. I'm your host, Ursula York. I help entrepreneurs grow successful businesses that make a difference in the world. Impact is more than mission, more than purpose. Impact is where your unique best self meets the world and contributes to making it better for all of us. These stories are here to inspire and energize you so you can have your own unique impact. Today's guest on the podcast is Cornelia Gamlin. Cornelia consults, speaks, and writes on human resource and management issues. President of the GEMS Group, and a recognized expert in employee relations and human resources, she has co-authored four books, including the recent The Manager's Answer Book. Cornelia spent most of her HR career with a Fortune 500 IT services company with a global presence. Welcome to the podcast, Cornelia. I'm so happy to have you here. I'm delighted to be here. So uh, we're, I'm really interested in this talking about this topic with you of of uh, working with people and as as you know and as many entrepreneurs know from experience it's uh, not necessarily something that entrepreneurs are really great at and I'd I'd love to hear from you about what you see as um, the, some of the most important things for us to know about uh, working with people and really being effective within your business as a manager? Uh, Yeah, I I think that's such a great question because many people, as you say, they go off to be entrepreneurs and then, you know, they start out as a solopreneur and then they realize their business is growing and they've got to start to bring new people on board to help them. And they really don't want to grow a very large business, but they still have to be dependent to some extent on some other people for success. Sure. So I, I think the first thing to keep in mind, if you are an entrepreneur and you're starting out and you find yourself in that situation, I've got to hire somebody. Recognize what it is you you need that somebody to do, whether it's um, just administrative help, if you need somebody to come on and take on like a project management role, if you need somebody to come in to the organization to, to, to really be a hands-on person. And, you know, and a lot of times that's making the decision of do I actually hire the person or can I find a resource and outsource it that, that I can use on an as-needed basis? But mm-hmm. in either case, you have to really identify the need and then what it is you want that person to do. And you have to have that clear understanding of, of what the person is going to be doing if, if you can hire them as an employee. Um, because otherwise, it could be disastrous. Yeah. Yeah, you I went so up agree. with the wrong person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, either for a freelance, if you bring someone on to do something for on a per project basis or freelance or to hire someone, it's having your own clarity about what exactly you need. It's it's uh, almost the difference between uh, success and it not going well. Would you would you agree? I would absolutely agree. And, and, and I think, unfortunately, that's a mistake people make so often is that they really don't have that clarity about what is it that they want. And, you know, this other person comes in to the, you know, to a role, whether whether they are, you know, a, a, a subcontractor or just somebody that you are bringing on. And, and and then they get frustrated because expectations really haven't been set 
and um, people, they may have their own idea of what it is they should be doing, and it doesn't align with what, what your needs are. So it's really important that that, that gets set out at the very beginning um, when, when you're first trying to bring people, people on and, and grow your business. Well, are there, are there other things that you can think of that are, are really important for people to know as a manager? I mean, what are, what are some of the, I mean, maybe I can come at this from another way. What, what are the skills that you think people need in order to be really effective in that role? I think if, if you're going to be a manager in, in, in any, in any role, whether you're managing your own business or not, you've got to be able to, to have good communication skills mm-hmm. um, so that, that you can clearly articulate, you know, what your needs and your wants are for the organization. You've got to have good delegation skills. A, a, a big mistake that so many people make is I've been going along. I've been doing this. I know how to get it done and I don't want to give it up. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and they hold on to it. And right. then they're not, you know, they're, they're really frustrating the other person because they're going, well, what is it that, that you brought me here for? And you're also not being able to do some of the, the more strategic tasks to really help your help the organization grow. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that's, that's very clear, you know, very clear that you've got to be able to to let go of some of the things. And I think that's the hardest thing mm-hmm. for, for a manager to do. And entrepreneurs, especially. Absolutely. Yeah, we've usually built something from the beginning. So it's, it's, it's very personal. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and if you're providing services, you know, you've got that personal connection with your clients. And it's hard to let go of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I've gone through that when, when I when I let go of a part of my business. And, you know, I I stayed there as a bridge for a while. But it, it to me, it was so important that the people that were taking over were taking good care of my clients because I had, you know, I'd worked with them for a long time. So mm-hmm. I think that's that's difficult to do. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I mean, that delegation aspect, I think, is so important. And it'd be great to spend a, a little more time on that. Is How do you develop those delegation skills? I mean, in order for an entrepreneur or anyone to have impact, you've got to be able to focus on the things that, that you can do well and mm-hmm. let, let other people do the things they do well. So how do you develop that skill set? Yeah, I, I think first of all, it starts with having trust in the people that that you've hired, um, and and if you start down that path correctly, and you know you've brought good people on, you'll have trust in them. Um, secondly, I, you know it's really important to to listen to them and to gain their perspective. You may have been going along doing things in in a certain manner, and they may they may approach some of these projects or tasks slightly differently. And, and oh, by the way, they may be much more effective at it. And, <laughs> right. and, and sometimes you don't see that because you've had the blinders on because this is always the way I've done it. And, and you kind of fall into to that routine. So right. Right. It, it it's, you know, it, it's that combination of, you know, having trust and listening to the people and, you know, really have, having that, that willpower to say, I'm ready to let go of this right now. Um, sometimes people just have that hard, you know, very hard time of letting go. But but if you also put it in, in, in the context of, 
if I give this other person the opportunity to grow and and to you know do things on their own and and be innovative, it's freeing me up to learn new things and to be innovative in different areas. Right. So yeah. it, it it's having that commitment to 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 being creative and, and to being a lifelong learner as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well. I, I mean, one of the things that can come up when you start hiring people is that there can be conflict in those relationships. And, mm-hmm. and I know you've even co-authored a book about conflict conflict resolution in the workplace. Correct. So, um, yeah, and let me let me get the title correct. It's the the Essential Workplace Conflict Handbook, and also the Conflict Resolution Phrase Book is is another one. Correct. Um, yeah. So tell tell us about. Uh, some of the things we should know about resolving conflict in an effective and constructive way so we can, so everyone can move forward. When we're talking about conflict, I like to phrase it as, or, or, or couch it as, you're solving a problem. And, and there are plenty of problems that come up in the workplace. It's how you go about solving that problem that's important. You've got to approach it with an open mind. You've got to not look at it as it's going to be a sun zero effect, but you want to listen to every other point of view because people may have other options and better ideas on how to go about solving that particular problem. Uh, as a manager, and, and I think this is a trap that so many managers fall into, if one of their employees come to them and say, I'm having, a, I'm having this issue with another team member. I need you to fix it. The manager often wants to just jump in and and take over. That's not the most effective way of solving that problem because then you're going to end up um, really coming up with the solution and telling them that this is what they need to do. And they're not part of that solution. And they're going to end up being more resentful, particularly if if there's the appearance that you're siding with one person versus another person. So, so you've re- you've got you've got to really then take on the role of almost a facilitator or a mediator between these two people, and you know be able to bring them together and get a good discussion going between both of the parties involved, or, or however many parties involved there are, if, if you're leading a team. Um, and and th- this way, everybody buys into what the ultimate solution is. And, and that's probably one of the most effective things that a manager can do if he, if he or she's dealing with conflict on their team. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, one of the things that, that kind of comes to mind around, um, you know, we've talked a little bit about managing. And manager is a term that's just gotten sometimes has a, a negative connection with it, that it's, it's, you know, somebody who supports the status quo is not necessarily inventive or particularly constructive even necessarily. So what's the difference between a, a good manager and a bad manager? And I guess it tied into that question is really, how is managing different from being a leader where your role is really to inspire and, and allow people to flourish? I mean, to me, they're so, they really should be the same. And I, I'd love to hear from you about your perspective on that. Uh, I'm so glad you asked that question. In fact, I was recently speaking with someone about that 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 very same issue. Uh, a few years ago, I was in a uh, a roundtable discussion, and 
And, and one person was adamant that, that there's a difference between leadership and being a manager. And, and I said, but, but not necessarily. A good manager can also be a good leader. And oftentimes it's going to depend on, you know, the size and, and the culture of the organization. But, you know, the things that, that you have in common, as you said, if you are a good manager, you are inspiring your staff and, and the team that you're leading to, to A, do their best work. You're, you're motivating them. You're giving them the leeway to, to the extent that the job allows that they can bring some creativity in, into the position and and provide some of their own insights around it. And, you know, I think even even in very routine jobs, you know, you, you hear about going to the people that are actually doing the work because they're the ones that have the best understanding of, of the tasks that are getting done if it's a very task-driven type of, of an environment. And you can be a good leader and allow those people to, to give you some insight and, you know, change processes if, if it's something as simple as that, because they may see a much better way of, of, of doing things. Um, you know, I, I think managers tend to, or the term manager, people tend to think that, oh, it's just somebody that's kind of handing out the work and making sure that the work is getting done and, and, and you know, that kind of very, very rote type of a process. That, that kind of grew out of the the, um, the industrial age. Yeah. And now that we find ourselves in, in, in a whole new era where, where people do have a lot more flexibility um, in, in the way work gets done, I think that's where leadership comes in, is to be able to A, understand your team and understand the strengths and weaknesses of, of every team member and work around those strengths and weaknesses and, you know, and, and encourage them to be um, the best producers within the organization. You'll get so much more out of people if, if they know that you respect them and, and you're giving them some leeway. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that flexibility issues become so important. I mean, it's not just... Uh, it's not really an age dependent thing. I think all of us have gotten used to more flexibility. And, and so to, ha to have a really constraining environment is, uh, pretty demotivating for people. Would you, would you agree? Oh, I would a absolutely agree. As long as the nature of the work is such that, that you can give people some flexibility and, and so much of the work that, that we do today, um, is portable, if you will. You know, you can you can be sitting on the beach with your laptop or, or your iPad <laughs> right. and be on a conference call and things like that. You know, you don't have to be tied to an office per se. But, but what I often find is funny, I've spoken with people in personal services industries like hairdressers and, and nail salons. And, you know, they say, well, some of their employees complain that, you know, we want more flexibility. And, and I know one hairdresser told me, well, I tell them they can have all the time off they want, but but then they complain that they're not being paid. And I said, well, do they realize you can't cut hair remotely? So, <laughs> that, you know, th th there are some industries where that lack of flex or flexibility or lack thereof just isn't going to exist. Yeah. But, you know, if, if the nature of the work lends itself, you know, to that, um, yeah, pe people are demanding that and people need it. And you're going to have a much happier workforce. You know, people don't have to worry about, I've got to leave early today because I have a pressing family issue that, that's got to get taken care of. But, you know, I can get, I can work around it and I can get my, 
my work done. Um, you know, once I later this evening when I get home and things settle down. So, um, yeah. Well, I, yeah, I think too that, um, I mean, that I think bricks and mortar type businesses, uh, you're at a, you're faced with this sort of, um, there's social media and, and uh, internet pub, um, publicity, I guess, around seeing people, as you said, sitting on the beach with your laptop yes. and you're working from there. And so folks who are in a bricks and mortar kind of situation are at a bit of a disadvantage. So in yes. the sense of, no, you can't be anywhere. You have to actually be physically present for some things. And that, yes. and that may be true for, you know, more virtually oriented businesses as well. But on the whole, it's, um, I, but there, that doesn't mean that you can't introduce flexibility in other ways. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Do you, you know, somebody was telling me recently about a receptionist who wanted to, you know, flex time. And they said, you know, but your job is to be here. But you're absolutely right. Perhaps you can give them some flexibility in tasks or, you know, do some job sharing or, or, you know, have them doing working closely with somebody else so that they can take turns being being the receptionist and then have some of that flexibility to, to be off when they need to be off. Yeah. One of the things that um, my clients ask a lot about is is developing compensation for employees, compensation packages. And is, I mean, since we're talking about flexibility, I know that can be one aspect. Are there other things that you should keep in mind around compensation and, and uh, in terms of ensuring that people remain motivated and, and and I mean money is not the only issue in that so do you, do you have any thoughts on that Cornelia yeah I mean you know that, that that's that's a very very good point because people oftentimes aren't as interested in you know the, the dollars in their paycheck I mean yes that's important but if they've got some other things that they, they see as a perk or a benefit, you know, like perhaps having a little bit more vacation time, if, if, if that's possible, um, or, or having, you know, having that ability to be a little bit flexible, you know, if, if I can get eight hours worth of work done in five, do I really need to be sitting here? Um, you know, I'm producing, I'm, I'm producing that same amount of work. So, can I leave early? Can, you know, can I have a couple of hours off this afternoon? And and yet it still doesn't affect my paycheck. And and you know, again, and for a lot of a lot of positions, that works very well um, because some of those same people that can knock it out in five hours, they're the same ones that are willing to be there and put in twelve hour days if if there's a big project and 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 that's what's required. Sure. So they, they, you know, they, they kind of want that give and take around that. So, so that, that, that's a very important thing. There's, there are a lot of other creative things that you can do if, um, you know, you're looking to motivate and reward your employees and, and you don't have a big budget, which often, you know, with smaller entrepreneurs find themselves in, in, in that particular situation, you know, so you, you, you can do, you know, you can give them spot bonuses. You can do things like, um, giving them gift cards, you know, cards to Starbucks or American Express cards that that recognizes when they put in some some good effort and you're not necessarily breaking the bank around something like that. And of course the other thing, people just want to be recognized a lot of times. I mean sometimes that's so much more important than, you know, giving somebody a fifty cent an hour raise, just that, that they know that they're adding value and that you you recognize that they're adding value to to the organization. 
Yeah, I agree. I think that's so crucial. And I mean, it's really great to hear those ideas because, you know, in this, uh, some of the, some startups and um, entrepreneurial companies, uh, I think less so now, but certainly a few years ago in, in Silicon Valley, there were, you know, ping pong tables and, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. cafes and all sorts of innovative ideas to help people feel good about spending so much time at the office. But uh-huh. yeah. But it is, go ahead. And then some of those companies, as they grew, they found some of these cool things that they did, they now couldn't sustain. I, I worked yeah. with a client a number of years ago, and they, they, were, they were suddenly changing um, their, their, their payroll schedule. And I said to them, why did you ever put it in place the way you did? You know, it was kind of, you'd get paid, you know, everything had to be in on Thursday so they could get paid on Friday. And she said, well, we were small and we were young and hip. And I said, and you didn't think you were going to grow this big. And, and now it's creating a problem <laughs> right. for you. Right, exactly. Yeah. Well, one of the things, too, that um, I, I really wanted to ask you about around compensation is, uh, and just uh, motivation in general, is it's my belief that and and my experience in working with with so many people who are motivated by something bigger than themselves they really want to have an impact in the world mm-hmm. they want to contribute even on a global level so that is a huge driver for many entrepreneurs and how do you go about instilling that in your employees if you're if you're at the level where you're starting to hire people how do you how do you help them really get I mean, it's not, it's, it's almost bigger than a cultural issue because mm-hmm, it's, mm-hmm. it really taps into people's innate motivation. What are your thoughts on that, Cornelia? Again, that's another very interesting question. And, you know, we, we've seen a lot of that issue, especially with the millennials. Um, they want to be part of, that. they, they want to make a difference. So, so they're looking for organizations that they see are contributing um, to society, to the economy, um, you know, g- getting back to, to your thoughts around impact, they want to be part of something that is going to, to have an impact um, on the world today. And, you know, I, I came out of the Washington, D.C. area, and you saw a lot of a lot of the millennials being drawn to the nonprofit world mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. They, they were really impressed with what it is that they did. So I think if if you're an entrepreneur and you're trying to build a business like that uh, or, or expand a business like that, that's where you want to be very clear on what what your vision and what your mission is. And 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 I don't throw those words around lightly. You know, I, I know a lot of companies do, but if you really have a mission to to make an impact or to to be in an industry, say in the environmental industry, where you're you're concerned about um, having clean air and clean water, um, you want to make sure that you're hiring people that kind of share that vision. And, and that that's something, you know, that, that's one of those things when you're interviewing, you know, we talk about things like fit factors, but you want to make it very, very clear that this is what this organization is about. This this is where our commitments are. You know, yes, at the end of the day, we we still need to make money so that we can pay everybody and that we can continue to do this work. But but I think you know you want to get get through that. We're looking for people that are just as committed to not just our organization but 
the work that this organization performs and the impact that it has. And I think if you're up front with people, they're going to get that and they're going to make that decision. Is this a place for me or not? Um, I've spoken to many people over the years that have said, you know, I interviewed with company X or Y. They were very interesting, but I, you know, and, and sometimes interesting in a positive way, mm-hmm. but I just know it wasn't the place for me. Um, and, and I stepped back from it and, you know, did, didn't even go further in the interview process because I wasn't going to be happy there. And, and, and they, you know, and they really probably didn't want me because it came through in the interview. So, mm-hmm. so what I'm hearing, Cornelia, is that you really have to, that has to be present in somebody in some way already for you to have the best success in hiring. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's such an important point. Well, I'd I'd love to dip a little bit into um into your business and and uh your I mean you're an entrepreneur yourself and I'm really intrigued about how how do you see the impact that the work you do has in the larger world? Um I spent a lot of my time, actually most of my career in human resources and um when I went out on my own and became an entrepreneur, I, you know, I saw a need that I knew I could fulfill. I, I used to do a lot of work with compliance with my clients um, because I wanted to see them be successful as government contractors. And yet, you know, there were other requirements if you're going to be doing business, uh, you know, with, with the U.S. government. So I knew that I had all of those competencies to be able to help them and um, also teach them. And and I think that was probably one of the biggest compliments somebody paid once was that you can sit down and you can explain this stuff. And it sounds easy. I mean, it's easy to understand. And once once we gain that understanding, then it's easier for us to forge a path forward and, and say, OK, these are some of the things that we need to do. And, and, you know, you, you've given us a lot of the tools to put those things in place. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's how I've, I, I made the biggest impact was just almost teaching them. Um, but, but teaching people in a way that it wasn't that painful for them because it can be overwhelming when you start reading regulations and tr- trying to ferret <laughs> through all of this. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, if you're, you're in, in, uh, just kind of expanding on that a bit. What I what I think you're saying is that you're you're really helping others to create organizations that are going to have the impact that that the organization and the leader wants to have, and also to um, help people have more fulfilling experiences within those companies. Is that fair to say? A- absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, how do you in your business when you uh, when you bump up against obstacles to having that impact, how do you handle that? And I, I know I may sound like I'm, I'm coming a bit out of the blue there, but it's really, it's really about um, hearing from, and I ask this of almost everybody I interview, but it's really hearing about, well, when you're in that situation, how do you handle it? Because it's so helpful to entrepreneurs, especially to be hearing about how people deal with, with challenges. I think what, well, one of the things I learned a long time ago is deep breathing really helps. You know, there are right. so many times you, you can be very, very frustrated and 
take a deep breath and take us, you know, that, that mental step back from, from, from the situation and try to regroup around it a little bit. And, you know, so often for me that that would be having discussions with people on the phone, you know, more so than in person and trying to, trying to walk them through something and explain it and, you know, getting some pushback and, and you'd have to say, okay, how can I say this a little bit differently to, you know, to make them understand that I'm trying to lay out a path for them that that's ultimately going to make their life easier. And, and particularly if they find themselves getting audited by a government agency and, <laughs> and, and yeah. it, it, it just, you know, it, 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 it takes a little bit of tenacity, which I think is very important to have as an entrepreneur, but, but it, it also takes some empathy towards what, what the client is going through as well. And, you know, realizing that so many times I was dealing with small companies myself. So it, it's like, I, I understood where they were coming from um, because they, they're trying to run a successful business. But I also knew that ultimately this was going to make make things easier for them. So it, it's it, it's just it, it was that matter of you know being um, listening carefully to them, getting a grip on on your own emotions, and and realize that sometimes you know you don't want your frustrations to show, but let yourself know, hey, it's okay every once in a while to be to be a little bit frustrated with people. And um, just work real hard on, on on not letting that frustration overwhelm the entire conversation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I you hear kind of horror stories about managers and and entrepreneurs too who don't handle themselves that well in, mm-hmm. in dealing with other people. So, mm-hmm. yeah, is that one of the landmines that you that you see with entrepreneurs, or is it is it pretty yeah, much I- across the board? <laughs> No, well, you know, I, I think with an entrepreneur, it, it's a little, it, it, it could be a big landmine be, because, you know, to to take that risk and go out there and say, I'm, I'm going to start this company. I mean, a lot of times people have left the comfort of, you know, a nice corporate job and they, they're ready to jump off the cliff, as somebody once explained to me when, when I was getting ready to, to go off on my own. So, you know, if you, you know, I always recognize that, hey, they had to have a lot of tenacity and, and they also had a lot of themselves invested in, in this organization. It's not just I'm working for XYZ company. No, that this is my company and, and I really needed to be successful um, because I grew it. So I was always very, very mindful of that when when I was dealing with, with some of these um, these entrepreneurs, especially the younger ones. Mm-hmm. Um because they, they sometimes had less experience in the corporate world than I did. Right. And although they, they appreciated the experience that I brought to the table, it was just sometimes they wanted to have that last word in and it would, you know, okay, you can have that last word, but <laughs> you know, you gotta, you gotta do some adjustments. And I right. think no underneath they knew that. Yeah. Well, and they've had less work experience, so they haven't necessarily, Absolutely. yeah, they haven't necessarily been through a lot. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Well, one thing I'd love to hear from you about is is um, what are some of the values that you hold as particularly important? I mean, your your work is so people focused, and mm-hmm. you're you have your own business, and and it's 
I believe that the impact that all of us have is based on the values that we hold dear. So I'd love to hear a bit about what are the things that you hold as most important in the work you do? I mean, one of the things I have always prided myself in is having a great deal of honesty with my clients. Um, I would never take on a project where I wasn't 100% comfortable that I had the background to do it. Um, you know, I've had people ask me questions, you know, and, and, and want to know something about an area of human resources that while I knew it on, on a surface level, I never felt comfortable saying, I'm, I'm going to take money from you to answer those questions. Mm-hmm. You know, usually I, it, that's when I would get into referral mode and say, you know, either go talk to, to your benefits broker or that's something I really am not comfortable doing. Um, I don't want to get that deep into to what it is I know you need. So let, let me bring somebody else in, in or refer you to someone else that, that can do that work for you. You know, and, and I think having, having that level of honesty is what gained a lot of trust. And, and I think trust is something else that is just so important. Um, I never tried to present myself to be something other than what I was or to be able to provide services other than than those that that I was really comfortable in, in providing. And I think that that went a long way. And, you know, it, it came across people, people did respect me, my, you know, I had a wonderful client base who, who really, you know, learned that if she tells me something, she knows what she's talking about. And I'm going to heed her advice because she's never steered us in the wrong direction. Right. Yeah. There's a trust element that Absolute, develops out absolutely. of that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Super yeah. important. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Cornelia, this is so valuable to hear about this, and i'd I'd love to um, I'd love to hear the answers that you have to these rapid round questions that I now do at the okay. end of every interview. Okay. And uh, it's a way of us kind of getting the the quick snapshot of you know, your views around impact. and the the first question is, what's the biggest thing you've learned about having impact? I think the biggest thing that I've learned is is to embrace the situation and let people know that having a good solid business and a good solid business plan um, really helps you to develop that plan and to develop good people around you. And if you have a lot of trust in your people, um, that's going to have a big impact Hmm. on, on your organization. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what's the one thing you've consistently done that's contributed to you having success and the impact that you want to have? I would say that it's sharing the knowledge that I have. I've, you know, I've been very generous in in my career, um, even before I started consulting. But but even once I started consulting, I you know I would always I would always share as much as I knew about. A particular subject with my client because I wanted them to, I wanted them to know as much as they could absorb about it because ultimately they were the ones that that would be responsible. So you know they could always come back to me. I you know I never said, "Jeep, if you pick up the phone and we chat on the phone for ten or fifteen minutes, I'm going to give you a bill." You know, as long as it it, it was related to the work that we were doing, um, they could call me at any time. Hmm. 
Yeah, that's great. I uh, is there is there a piece of advice or an insight that you would share with somebody else who's saying, "I want to have impact. I want to make a difference." What what would you say to them? I guess I would I would go back to what I said earlier about being honest. I mean, be secure in those things that you know and and be honest about them. Um, and when you when you're trying to have an impact, whether it you know you're, you're trying to impact other managers in your organization, um, whether you're you're looking to become an entrepreneur or you are an entrepreneur, be honest with yourself and be honest with with your clients. Um, and, and they will grow to respect you. You know, that, that honesty comes back tenfold mm. in, in your life. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Cornelia, this has been so great. I know this is a huge area for entrepreneurs to really develop in, and it's been so helpful to hear your perspectives on, you know, how to be effective in that role when you're working with people and even hiring people. And then, the uh, the compensation aspect. We touched on so many areas of that. So thank you so much for joining me today and, and sharing your great knowledge with us. You are very welcome. It's been my pleasure. So if people want to get in touch with you uh, or want to check out some of your books, what's the best way for them to do that? The, the, the best way for them to do that is they can visit our website, www.bigbookofhr.com. And all of our books are listed on that website. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn, Cornelia Gamlum. We are on Twitter um, under the handle of Big Book of HR. Uh, we are also on, um, uh, uh, I said LinkedIn, we're on Twitter. We, we write a weekly blog called Making People, uh, yeah, Making People Matter that you can find on our yeah I have that's to great things sometimes I love that no um, that's great yeah is, is that a, yeah. on your is that on your CorneliaGamlum.com website your blog no it, it's on bigbookofhr.com okay. website okay yeah great wonderful well that's great thank you again so much Cornelia for your time and for uh having the impact that you have in the world thank you so much Ursula appreciate it Join us for more episodes, subscribe to the Work Alchemy podcast on iTunes or Stitcher Radio so you'll know as soon as new episodes are available. You can even help spread the word, leave a review if you like what you've heard. Thanks for listening. Until next time, for ongoing support so you can have your own impact, join our community of entrepreneurs like you by liking the Work Alchemy Facebook page.